Private brands and today's younger generations of shoppers. What are the connections and what are the opportunities? We'll explore those topics and others on Store Brand Spotlight with Chelsea Caps, Director of Thought Leadership at Damon. Chelsea, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Greg. Honored to be here. Grateful to be representing Damon. Well, we're happy to have you today, and uh, we're going to dive into a topic that uh, we know you're passionate about um, when we talk about some of the younger generations today and, and their, I guess, role in driving some of the business we're seeing out there for uh, private label and private branded products. Uh, Chelsea, I want to start with with talking about these two generations broadly, um, for, with millennials and Gen Z specifically. Um, can you, well, let's start with millennials. Can, can you give me kind of your overview of the motivating factors in the, that really drive the shopping habits of millennials? Sure, absolutely. I think first let's level set on, you know, the breakdown of the generations and um, talk a little bit about each of, those, each of those factors that lead into how it is they shop and why. Um, so first off, millennials are the age group from about 27 to age 42. They're the generation that follows Gen, Z, Gen X, but they precede Gen Z. And, you know, it's important to note that for younger shoppers overall, whether it be millennials or Generation Z, um, their life stages greatly influence their behaviors. And what I mean by that is because of the age spread of these consumers, you're going to see um, a variety of life stages. So with that said, some factors driving millennials include, you know, they're often just entering parenthood or they're in the thick of parenthood. And, you know, if it's not humans they're caring for, it's often precious for babies uh, that fill their lives with joy, um, but also that added level of responsibility. Millennials are typically fairly established in their careers. They live on the go. They're completely over inundated with messaging and information. They live extremely busy lives and they search for convenience and simplification. What's more is they're seeking solutions that make their lives both a little bit better and easier and greatly care about everyday value stretching their wallet further, but not at the expense of key lifestyle product attributes, favoring claims like organic, for example. And while they absolutely over-index in caring about sustainability efforts, the crutch of their priorities remains in satisfying the needs of themselves and their families, alongside sustainable solutions that bring to life safer, effective products. Now for Gen Z, this is a, there's an interesting break between adults and minors. The adult group representing Gen Z are ages 18 to 26. However, there are younger non-adult Gen Zers that come of age each year currently ranging from 11 to 17. So this generation, Gen Z is born after millennials, but they come before the very youngest demographic cohort that's been named Generation Alpha. So some factors driving Gen Z um, that are in some ways different than millennials, Gen Z are digital natives, meaning they've never really known what the world was like before the internet at their fingertips. Um, they've got some major concerns about, you know, ranging from how to simply survive financially to the global impact of consumption worldwide to inclusivity and solving social discourse. And, you know, much of Gen Z also grew up during the 2008 recession. So they've watched both their parents and millennials suffer financially. Um, many of them are just entering the workforce and still living at home 
with one of their top concerns being housing affordability. 73% of Gen Z are concerned about rising prices on rent and housing. Conversely, Gen Z is the least concerned with rising prices of food items compared to other generations. Um, so a stat on that is that 76% of millennials tell us they're worried about rising food prices compared to just 67% of Generation Z. Gen Z typically doesn't trust brands and companies easily, whereas millennials are more trusting. And Gen Z has higher standards and expectations of companies, expecting organizations to truly lead the charge in making the world a better place. Um, important to note is that Gen Z uh, really, really values and are the most concerned about that the global consumption effects and driving sustainability efforts. Um, and they're quick to move on from the companies that don't deliver, which is likely a causal effect of having grown up in a period of social discourse, shortened attention spans, and rapid innovation. And probably the most pivotal element that differentiates Generation Z and their shopping behavior is having grown up in what I call the Amazon age. So what does that mean exactly? It means being able to purchase form and function of a product for the lowest price with little to no regard for influence of the brand, which has powerfully proliferated into strong private brand affinity and honestly a lack of loyalty framework. Um, it's difficult to retain loyalty from Gen Z because they care about the product first, its function, quality, and price above the brand. How do we know that? Um, because Gen Zers told us that even with their favorite brand, 62% will still check out other options and more than half would openly switch to another brand uh, that was cheaper or of higher quality. And that's of their favorite brand. So where does that leave the rest of, you know, products that they purchase? Um, additionally, lastly, they're said to be the most likely to use buy now, pay later programs, and they're interested in purchases that drive maximum overall value for their money. Together, the combined younger shopper group of millennials and Gen Z make up 43% of the U.S. population. And they're the most racially and ethnically diverse generation. So you've, you've provided a real good background on the two generations. And I think at some point, for, and for some reason, uh, many have linked the two together as being similar, but there are a lot of dissimilarities between the two generations. And I think we'll get into some of those and, and some of the brand loyalty or lack of loyalty that you spoke of um, as we move forward. Um, from the standpoint of that that loyalty or their willingness to look around, if you will, if they, they're not pleased with what they're finding in a product or maybe a retailer. Um, for millennials and Gen Zs, are there, there key landing spots of where they like to shop or retailers they like to shop that they're maybe more loyal to than others? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're seeing key channel shifting across the board, across generations, but something in particular relative to younger shoppers, the Gen Z and millennials, is that they're moving to mass at record rates, uh, the mass channel, club, and value. And specifically, you know, what is what is the big insight from that is they're seeking one-stop shops. So alongside this busy lifestyle, this, you know, over-inundated information age we live in, um, they seek simplicity and convenience and being able to buy multiple products that they need all at the same time. 
Um, another interesting factor is that, you know, these younger shoppers shop nearly seven retail banners a month compared to just five banners shopped by Gen X and just four shopped a month by boomers. That's that's interesting. So the mass merchants are, are finding um, the younger consumers. That That's re- really, really interesting. Um, as they shop, and you mentioned that convenience, sort of everything under one roof, are they omni-channel shoppers or do they favor a um, digital or in-store shopping experience? Good question. So when it comes to these younger shoppers, most specifically, you know, the very youngest ones, it's super critical to support those digital natives, um, creating a destination worthy experience using technology throughout the path to purchase is becoming ever increasingly important. Retailers should align their omni-channel online presence, in-store messaging, expansion of payment options like buy now, pay later, and use social media personality to capture these digital natives. Interestingly, millennials represent the highest online reliant shopper group across generations, in particular opting for click and collect as a convenient time savings tool to support those busy lifestyles. However, both millennials and Gen Z are omni-channel shoppers, um, with 72% having used a grocery store app in the past year. Uh, What's more is they're savvy, so they will compare price digitally alongside deal-seeking efforts to make sure they feel confident in the value of their purchases. Um, And with social media top influence for younger shoppers purchasing, retailers should be investing in TikTok and Instagram engagement to drive store choice this can look like click and fund recipes, incorporating private brands, deals on trending items, and working with influencers to increase brand awareness and appeal. Are there specific product categories that retailers today who are looking at millennials and Gen Zs walking their stores, are there any ones that are standout and the, and ones that retailers should maybe be focusing more on to attract these shoppers? Yes, so across the board, Um, convenience is so critical to these shoppers that anything, any categories that can be leveraged to be more conducive to an easier, simpler shopping experience or products that, uh, further that convenience opportunity are critical. This can look like, uh, anything from pack type opportunities that drive convenience, uh, formats of products to also click and collect and delivery. Um, And also the second thing would be flavor. So any categories that you can really lean into flavor is extremely important. It's, you know, retailers shouldn't be afraid to innovate with out of the box, unique, head turning, bold flavor. Um, Here at Damon, we just wrapped up our future flavor report. And as part of that research study, you know, these younger shoppers told us blatantly, the wilder, the better. So when it comes to flavor, any category that you can lean into flavor and really address these younger shoppers um, with their unique global cuisine, uh, you know, taste preferences, the better off you are. And the third thing to really lean into is any categories within the health and wellness space. Um, And really thinking about not just the physical aspect to health and wellness, but leaning into the mental side of it as well with you know, key opportunities inside of function, you know, functional ingredients like reishi or reishi mushroom or ashwagandha, 
um, and really leveraging some of that um, that trend to support mental health needs as well as physical needs. You touched on earlier um, loyalty and how these two groups, and most notably Gen Z, have a loyal loyalty, lower loyalty factor, excuse me, if you will, than some of the older generations. Um, are retailers doing enough to try to build that loyalty to attract Gen Z and millennials to their stores? Sure. I mean, to that point, I think we've seen a certain channels certainly do better than others as it relates to attracting these younger shoppers. Um, and I would say from a total marketplace, everyone can be doing more by way of um, expansion and leveraging private brands is a critical tool for these younger shoppers. So Damon custom analysis actually showed that as high as 98% of national brands overlap across retail banners, um, which makes differentiation through private brands critical to drive loyalty um, and ultimately store choice. Not to mention you mitigate the whole price shopping comparison aspect because as long as your price is the same across your various um, avenues of shopping, then you're good to go there. Um, also, Damon proprietary research showed that 46% of Gen Z and 43% of millennial shoppers view private brands as better than national brands when it comes to offering new and innovative products. So, Really, honestly, leveraging innovation through a strong and robust private brand portfolio is a winning strategy to capture these younger shoppers. Um, grocery retailers can certainly capitalize on growing preferences within uh, flavor to further attract loyalty from these shoppers. But across the board, it really comes down to meeting lifestyle needs, doubling down on flavor innovation, and you know, reaching them where and how they choose to shop. So that the loyalty factor, you mentioned mass merchants, which it's, it's an all in one shop, uh, sound like they have a little bit of an advantage. When you talk about channels like grocery and maybe others, is there a need to expand assortments so to provide more of that one stop shop to to these younger consumers who don't want to go from store to store? Yeah, it's a great question. So I think. There's definitely opportunity to really dig deep and uh, uncover store footprint opportunities that can be leveraged. Now, it's really hard to, you know, have a grocery retailer overnight become a mass retailer, right? That would be um, a, a difficult undertaking. But what I think uh, can happen is there's key categories and overlap by way of things like, um, household care needs or, you know, specific items like toilet paper. Um, and what can these retailers be doing to better bridge, you know, the gap and make themselves more competitive, especially from even just a pricing standpoint, right? So really considering that like um, shoppers are comparing price across the total market and what it really comes down to is delivering the best overall value alongside a vast variety of uh, assortment options. Sticking with the, the brand loyalty conversation, because I, I find this fascinating. Um, the, the You mentioned they're, they're not as brand loyal as maybe older consumers, those in Gen X or the boomers. Um, was it learned behavior? How did they become less brand loyal than maybe their parents and grandparents? 
Yeah, so I personally think that a lot of it has to do with the Amazon age. So when you grow up and the infrastructure that, and let me say this, like I'm a millennial myself um, and there's, there's a component to being an older millennial that looks a little different than being a younger millennial, um, partially by life stage and partially by culturally, just, you know, the music scene, brand influence, etc. So what I'm getting at here is that I still grew up in a time when brands were, I'll say national brands, and just think to yourself apparel, right? Apparel in general. How critical was it as a young child to, like, there's certain brands that are just iconic during the 90s, right? Um, and any decade for that matter. But the point being, I feel like over the last, specifically with Gen Z, they've grown up in the Amazon age when um, private brands have just exploded. And the Amazon age is brought to life, oh, I need something and I need to... I need it to function for X reason. And it could be a shirt, right? The shirt is a shirt. Okay, yes, I care about the shirt style, but do I really care if the shirt style is about the same or exactly the same as another, you know, national brand of apparel? And I think the answer to that question has very clearly become no. Generally, you know, the vast majority do not care. Um, and so they've grown up in this very... Um, this environment of purchasing products where the form and function um, outweighs, you know, the value, the inherent value of the brand and how that outward appearance of the brand or lack thereof makes them feel. You mentioned a couple of things earlier regarding flavor of products offering consumers in Gen Z's and millennials something unique. Um, it sounds like that's a great opportunity for retailers to use their private brand assortments to provide that uniqueness, but also develop something that maybe the national brands aren't offering and it makes them a destination for those products. That's absolutely correct. Um, you know, there's, there's research that told us that 90% of younger shoppers view private brands that launch new flavors and limited time offerings positively, saying that they are excited, prove to them that retailers care about their wants and even are a reason to keep them coming back. Now, you know, I don't know what's more influential than that statement alone, but really fascinating as well is that, um, they told us that they like to try new food and beverage products and flavors often. And this response came at a rate over three times more so than older shoppers, citing again, the wilder the better as it relates to um, different unique head turning bold flavor profiles. Um, we did some specific research that was pretty interesting with flavors like pizza flavored ketchup actually being of interest to these shoppers. So when I say bold and unique flavor, I mean it. And what we've seen is um, across the entire retail landscape, the retailers that are delivering on this flavor, um, this unique flavor, the best are having tons of success. So um, it's definitely critical. I think developing private brand limited time offering strategies is an incredibly 
conducive effort to capturing these shoppers because you're driving newness, which keeps them interested in coming back. They know they're going to find something new every time. And, um, there's some magic to that, you know, Costco's really good at it. There's tons of organizations that are really, really strong with their LTO strategic offering. And I think across retail, the more players that can really dive into that and use flavor, whether it be seasonal flavor or off the wall flavor to do so, um, are going to win. But we do also need to make sure we're developing that bold flavor for everyday profiled items as well. I want to zero in on millennials for a second, because this is a generation we've been talking about for more than a decade. Uh, and I remember conversations going back 10, 12 years when there was a very robust definition of millennials. And I think a lot of the conversation we had at the time is what happens when they hit those life moments, family, marriage, kids, buying a house, where does the priority go then? How have the millennials changed their thought process about shopping over those years, especially now as some are, you know, in their early 40s? How has that evolution, you know, what's been some of those key talking points in that evolution? I'm glad you bring that up. So, you know, there's some information out there that says just how, like, there's a percentage, there's a vast majority of millennials that actually enjoy grocery shopping, younger shoppers overall over index and their likelihood to actually enjoy it. Um, and I can attest as a parent, so, you know, I'm in the thick of parenthood. I'm not kidding when I say this, that going to a grocery store for me or any type of everyday shopping is literally a vacation. So, you know, it's one of those things where I think store experience does matter far more so to uh, millennials that are in the thick of parenthood, right? Because you got to think, um, we want to browse <laughs> because the longer we're in the store, you know, um, the more time that perhaps, you know, our significant others are, you know, I don't know, it just gets you out of the house a bit. And um, it's an enjoyable shopping experience to go by yourself anywhere when you're in the thick of parenthood, right? So um, I definitely think life stage does critically matter. And I think as millennials have aged, um, preferences on products have become a little bit unique and different, uh, whether that be categories in relationship to parenthood or uh, even just key lifestyle considerations like uh, free from products or you know products that are cleaner anything that is safer for the environment, whether that be globally or inside of our own homes, um, you know, is a, is a key consideration. This is probably the most obvious question I'll ask in the next four or five months. Um, social media and influencers, how vital is this to connecting with millennials and Gen Z? Yeah, I mean, I don't know that there's anything more important in the sense of you have to deliver on the expectations of store experience on, you know, brand engagement, innovation, variety, all these things. Um, but you also have to attach it now to a personality. And the retailers that do this um, are winning. So really what it comes down to is making sure that for especially the youngest generation, Generation Z, 
um, companies are up to date and staying on top of those tech preferences, if you will. Um, because honestly, you know, we've seen shopping take place on platforms like Instagram. We've seen the rise of direct to consumer, um, brands and products that has been fascinating to watch. Um, and frankly, not particularly well tracked, right? Um, direct to consumer brands don't necessarily opt into somebody like Nielsen. So it's fascinating to be able to see where that goes long-term and see how the proliferation of social media really plays a huge role in these uh, younger generations, you know, shopping habits. Who are a couple of retailers that are doing it right when connecting with um, these two age groups? So I'm not at the liberty to say individual retailers, but what I will tell you is, um, you've got specific channels really doing it really well. Um, and I think what it comes down to is really more assortment, variety of assortment base than anything else. Um, but again, specifically masks really doing a great job. I think the club channel also, um, to your point, back to the millennial conversation and changing life stage and ages of millennials, um, club has really become a hot ticket for that shopper group. Um, really, it comes down to providing that best overall value. And I think, you know, Mass and Club are two channels doing it extremely well. It's interesting because throughout this, you've used the word value. It hasn't been necessarily lowest priced but how they perceive value. And I think that's an interesting note um, where they're not just looking for, you know, to save every penny. They're just looking for something they'll spend their money on that they think they'll get a lot out of. Yeah, that's absolutely right. It comes down to a really evolving complex value equation or value matrix. And um, it differs by way of life, life stage across this uh, shopper age group. Um, but overall, I think there's some similarities of the two shopper groups in that they both really have this more complex value equation where, for example, as a consumer of chicken nuggets for my parenthood lifestyle, um, what's really fascinating about that is that I have a specific standard of chicken nugget I'm looking for. And that includes, you know, a clean and cleaner ingredient profile? Is it organic? Like all this variation of um, what I'll call lifestyle needs. Either way, how that proliferates into value is I'm looking for that at the best cost. <laughs> so it turns into um, not necessarily the lowest priced chicken nugget on the shelf, right? But what products are meeting my needs and delivering it at the best cost. And so if that means the product is of higher quality, but I have a perceived value of that higher quality being um, critically important to my decision-making, you know, tree, if you will, then, then that's gonna be the item I select, even though, you know, a lot of people might look at that and say, well, that doesn't really, that's not really uh, value, but it is value because um, I think especially with the expansion of private brand tiering, it's going to be uh, interesting to watch because there's, there's, a, there's a complex thing happening amongst value and delivering it. Um, and really what it comes down to is overall value across a wide variety of product attributes and needs. Interesting. Um, 
when we look ahead and we watch these two consumer groups really be, do, further dominate, you mentioned 43, they account, I guess, a 43% of the marketplace right now. That obviously will continue to grow. Um, what are a couple of key things that retailers and suppliers should be watching with millennials and those in Gen Z um, as they age in the coming years? Um, okay, so, you know, Gen Z is projected to overtake millennials in spending power by 2030. So that in and of itself is incredibly influential to be paying attention to. Um, and I think there's a couple things that are most critical to watch um, or to do. First of which is to authentically engage. So these consumers... Um, are experiential demand experiences um, across the path to purchase in their own lives. You're talking about um, younger shoppers, arguably being the like heaviest music festival generation ever, right? Which music festivals probably didn't exist as widely for some generations. So grain of salt, but either way, we're talking about people that really demand and uh, expect a positive, really authentic experience. Um, so to engage with these shoppers means developing positive experiences, um, supporting them with resources and tools. Um, back to, you know, innovation. I think it comes down to meeting those core lifestyle needs um, innovating with flavor, doubling down on flavor, leaning into flavor, and also not forgetting about sustainability and the efforts therein that have to do with, uh, you know, bettering the environment and uh, the world for, for all of us. I think doing, you know, those things, uh, retailers will stand out. Um, and, you know, most importantly is leveraging private brands as a critical tool across those items to really um, drive differentiation and loyalty that um, will be the path forward. 